and welcome to NWR Newscast, episode 12. I'm Neil Ronahan, and with me today, as always, is the only person that wants to see dinosaurs in Metro the Other M, Zach Miller. Hell yes! And the only person that would like to see an NCAA football star get put into Super Mario Galaxy 2. It's a me, be... Eric Crouch. <laughs> 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 I, I, I find that funny because I actually got that. Yeah. I'm so good, I'm so good at references. Uh, it's funny because his career is now gone, but yeah. anyway. <laughs> Unlike Mario, he's not relevant. Yeah. He was Mario's relevant about, what, a decade ago? Yeah, just about. Mario hasn't played anyway. sports in a while. What? <laughs> Mario hasn't played sports in a while, though. Yeah. yeah. He hasn't, yeah, he hasn't like, played what, football. like a year? If Mario would play football, it'd be oh, even oh. more relevant. All right. But before we get into too wild of attention, I would love to oh, see God. a Mario football game. I've been wanting Wait, that yes, for a while. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. But I don't, I don't think times. it'll happen. Yes. I don't think it'll happen at all, but I would really love to see that. It's, Put next level games on there's it. There's no more but sports anyway. left but football. Come on. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, all right. Well, we have a lot soccer. of we have a lot of stuff to do today. We, do. we have the finale of the Blaster Master Overdrive Game Club at the end of the episode. But right now, if you couldn't tell if you've been to the website or if you're getting this on your RSS feed or whatever, you probably are still aware of this. There was a big... Nintendo Quarter One Media Summit today. Oh shit, son! And uh, Aaron Kalutska was there. He live blogged the whole uh, the whole press conference. He's playing a bunch of games right now as we speak. I think he may have just finished playing Metroid the, Metroid Other M, which makes us all very very jealous. Very jealous. Yeah. We hate you, Aaron. But let's just but love you too. Let's just let's just dive right into all the information. We're doing this in some sort of order, I guess. Actually, going off of the press release that Nintendo sent out. So, what they think is most important. Um, first off, the DSi XL, also known as a DSi LL, is coming out on, or LL in Japan. It's basically the freaking huge DSi. Yeah. Right. It's coming out on March 28th for $190. Oof. It's going to come in two colors, burgundy and bronze, and the screens are 93% larger than the DS Lite. Oh my god. Uh. And it also, it comes with Brain Age Express Arts and Letters, Brain Age Express Math, a photo clock, mm. and the free DSi browser and Flipnote Studio. That's all going to come loaded in on the system, which 93%, I didn't, re I mean, I haven't really been paying attention too closely to this, but 93%? That's ginormous. Damn. You know, I don't, I mean, I, I, $189 seems really freaking high for this thing. I know that's what... That's what the DSi the is. It's only, it's only twenty dollars more than the DSi, to yeah. be fair. I mean, uh, how much is how much is the low end iPod Touch? I think I think is it is it one ninety nine? Like I don't I don't I, I don't want to say that I don't, that those two things are like super similar, but they're not entirely dissimilar either. And yeah. the DS the iPod Touch can do a hell of a lot more things than the DSi My, can do. I mean, if if you're comparing it to the iPod Touch, then it might seem a little ridiculous. But if you're comparing it to the DSi, then I think twenty dollars more for screens that are like practically double the size. I don't really see that as that big of a leap. No, no. I guess my I guess my problem has more to do with with the DSi purchase or price point then. Yeah, I I, th I think it would have been really cool if they can't had this come out for 170 and then drop DSi to 150. I think that would have been awesome. Yeah, but you also need to factor in is that the DSi is still selling very well, and it hasn't even been out for a year yet. Like this 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 system is coming out three days before the year anniversary of the DSi. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Which which I actually I, I noted in in the Twitter feed if you read it while I was furiously typing away because I, I realized that because I was very excited for the DSi. I love my DSi. I and do too. I, I don't really care for the DSi XL. And no, actually, uh, no. I was talking. <laughs> I was I was talking to uh, 
my, my fiance and a contributing writer on Nintendo World Report, uh, Lauren Lewandowski, about this, and she got she was really pissed off because she's like, I would have bought a big ass DSI, and she just bought a pink DSI in the fall. Mm-hmm. So this is before the announcement about it, but she, I think she's kind of annoyed. But she's, she's like, it hasn't even been a year. Come on. She's not Nintendo's target audience for it. She's not like yeah, 87. Not, this, this is for the old folks. And it's coming, it's coming out alongside America's te- Test Kitchen, which was shown off at the event. And from what I've heard, is basically just personal trainer cooking with a license. Yeah. It's based off of a book I know. I actually I mentioned this to a cousin of mine, and they were like, "Oh, really? That book? I have it right here." And I was like, "Well, well that's kind of weird." <laughs> and also, it's coming out on WarioWare uh, DIY is also coming out on March 28th. And I guess we should have probably picked up on the fact that both of these games were coming out on the same day, and they probably be used to sell a system. So yeah. Yeah. I feel kind of dumb for not calling this day. So. Pop, pop quiz or, or newscast survey. Is this the last iteration of the standard DS? Yes. Yeah. Would you have said that a year ago about the DSi as well? Yes. No. Yeah. No? You didn't no. think so? Because, I mean, it's just uh, going by what happened with the Game Boy Advance is I figured they'd do, like, one last off. Okay. Like the Game Boy, like the GBA Micro, except for it's like the, the DS fucking huge. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's kind of weird that they're going in, the, in, in a different direction. Like, they went really small with the Game Boy Advance, trying to capture the, iP- like the iPod audience, and now they're going really big with the DSi okay, XL. Okay, Neil. Well, here's a question, Neil. The Game Boy Mark- Micro was announced at about the same time as the DS, remember? And the, the yeah. Micro was yeah. like their third pillar, so... Do you think that we'll soon be hearing, maybe about at E3, about a new handheld device entirely, now that the th- I, I, third iteration I of the hardware su- has been out? I wouldn't be surprised if we heard something at E3, but I still don't think it would come out. It would be the kind of thing where it would be like, and stay tuned next year for more details, mm. because... I, because it really, in North America at least, there's no reason to release a new DS. No. But in Japan, on the other hand, you're nearing the point where I think... I'm, we're either going to hear about a new DS or it will be out by the end of the year in Japan. I don't think North America would get one until probably this time next year. No. But I do th- the early. I do think it's strange that it hasn't even been a year for the DSi. I, I wonder what that says about its numbers. I, I Well, I think the DSi is selling really well. I think it's just they're trying to appeal to a different audience. I know I was reading I was reading the Iwata the, the, the asks about this. And they were talking about how, like, really the idea of this is not to replace the DSi, it's to appeal to a different audience. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I thought, I, I don't know if it's going to be successful, in all honesty. it's I think Nintendo's kind of taking a risk with it, and I kind of hope it pays off, though. Because I think it's a good audience to go after, and I think it is, yeah. Apple's, Apple, I mean, they're, they're, I think Apple's going for the same kind of the same audience with the iPad, and I think that <laughs> Nintendo's attempt with it is smarter. I don't, see, I, don't, I don't see that at all. I see this... I literally see the DSi XL as being a senior citizen's retirement center version of the DS, whereas I see the iPad being a dude who wants to lean on, lean on the couch and surf the internet but doesn't want the burden of an actual laptop to do it in. Yeah. Like I, I, but I, I still, I mean, I mean, from what from what Apple's doing with the iPad, though, I, I've noticed that they're, they, I mean, they're obviously they're going for that audience because that's their bread and butter. Yeah. But I think they are also trying to broaden the market to get like basically the the people that would buy a DSi XL. I think that Nintendo and Apple are kind of, I mean, not the exact same market, but I think they're going for very similar markets sure. for the two products. Sure. Alright, well, uh, yeah, DSi XL, March 28th, two colors, 190. And we'll move on to the next big news, which is Super Mario Galaxy 2 is coming out on May 23rd. 
there's going to be more focus on puzzles. It looks like there might be some kind of world setup similar to Super Mario Brothers 3. That's That was kind of uh, tossed around by Aaron and a couple other people that were at the, the event. Uh, Yoshi plays a big, big role. You won't be able to have him like all over, but there will be specific levels where... You find an egg and you can hop around on Yoshi. So I so guess like kind of like how Super he's, Mario Bros. Wii. Yeah, I guess that's how he's going to be used. And there's uh the the blimp fruit. I think it's called. Uh, I know I've heard wind fruit. fruit. I'm pretty sure it's blimp blimp fruit is what I think it's actually okay. called. Makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. And basically, uh, it's you know Yoshi will eat it and it'll turn into a balloon and then kind of like sputter and float off. And uh, use the pointer to eat things with Yoshi. And That's if you cool. haven't seen the trailer, I highly recommend you go watch the trailer. It's cool. It just basically put a giant-ass smile on my face. It looks fantastic. It looks more um, interesting than the first Mario Galaxy. Yeah, it, it really does. And I'm, I'm kind of surprised by that. Like, I, I, I'm, I was excited for Mario Galaxy 2 when we first heard about it, but I just think they're going to do a lot more with it than I expected in the beginning. And uh, going on, Yoshi also has a headbutt. And they showed off Mario's new drill item, which is, like, uh, he picks up this big drill, and then he, like, drills through planets and stuff. They showed off uh, using it to go through a planet to go to the other side and come out and hit an enemy from the bottom, which you know, seemed pretty cool. Yeah. They also showed, it, like, he went into the middle of a planet to, like, a secret coin room. Yeah, which was yeah, I saw that, too. I like that. And, yeah, um, it just it looks really, really good. I think this looks like, I mean, literally, there's no better way to say it than, than more of the same, and I don't mean that in a bad way at all. It just looks like it just looks like they took Super Mario Galaxy, put it into a, a glass and shook it up and poured it back out, um, which is fine with me because that's one of my favorite games for the past five years. Yeah, like, I, I, I mean, with the games of the decade thing, not saying that in episode 183 that the RFN crew kind of shit on Mario Galaxy. A little bit. But they were being very they were being very nitpicky on it. And I don't think they meant it to detriment it. I think they were just trying to whittle down the list. Well, I think they were, I think they took some of, they, some they of the were, more obvious candidates and kind of knocked them down a peg and took some of the less obvious candidates and ratcheted them up a peg. Like I think they were yeah. trying to take all the games that, that they were considering and try to put them on the same level. And with a game like Mario, when you're putting a game like Mario Galaxy up against something like Majora's Mask, you kind of have to level the playing field a little bit, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, but it just—I uh, mean, watching the trailer reminded me of just how when I when I first saw a trailer for Mario Galaxy, when I first played it, when you know I, I plowed through that game in a week. Yeah. And the reason why is it's not because I was just sitting there with like I, I was in college, I was working, like I was busy, and it was just like I'd sit down and be like, well, I'm gonna play Super Mario Galaxy because it's just gonna make me so damn happy. And that's why I'm really excited for Mario Galaxy 2, because it's like, it's like Mario 64, it's like Super Mario World, it's like even new Super Mario Brothers Wii. I know I'm just going to sit down, you know, there might be some frustrating, difficult parts later on, but it's just going to be a very enjoyable experience from start to finish, even if, you know, the boss battles feel, don't really feel like they're new. Like, I mean, that's really my, my main complaint, is that they kind of stick to the formula too much, but I don't really want them to go away from the formula too much. I want them to just tweak it slightly, which is why I'm really, really excited for this game. I don't think they'll do it, but it'd be cool if, uh, you know, Aaron said it was like Mario 3. It'd be cool if they brought the Koopa Kids into 3D. I, I oh would die. God, that'd be awesome. It would be like the, 2009 to 2010 was the return of the Koopa Kids. Hell yeah. I would, I would die. I watched the Super Mario Brothers 3 cartoon the other day. I don't know if you guys have I've, seen that, but... Oh, I remember that. I haven't seen it in a long it's time. It's so horrible. It. It's so yeah, terrible. 
And the coop. I every now and then I'll see it on DVD and like it's going lower and lower lower in prices and I'll be like maybe I should buy this and then I look at it and I'm like ten dollars is still too much. <laughs> yes, it is. I couldn't yeah, get through one episode. But... All the Koopa kids, none of them have their names from the show. Yeah, it's like Cookie and stuff. Yeah, like I, I liked that a lot and... when I was a kid. But I remember uh, my friend and I, who we watched together when I was younger. We, we saw, like, some episodes on YouTube or something like that a couple years ago, and we were just like, oh, my God, this is terrible. And Bowser talks like some New York gangster. You yeah. kids go out there and do this and that, and I got this wand, and... Oh, it's... Well, well, Zach, I'll, um, I'll let you lead into the next one. Metroid Other M, sir. Oh, my God. June 27th is uh, when it's coming out. Oh! Uh, and, uh, we, we just, uh... We just read the impressions that were put up recently as the embargo went up, and wow, I can't wait. Uh, Zach, I'll let you start, just because I know... It's Super Metroid in 3D. Yeah, and, and the way it works is uh, apparently you hold... It's it's played with just the Wii Remote, and you'll be playing like kind of like a, a dynamic camera that will go behind them. It's third person, or it's like... It's almost like a 2D plane, but in 3D. I think it's like kind of like where yeah. there is yeah. depth to the 2D plane... And you'll switch behind behind the back third person occasionally, but for the most part, it's in side scrolling. And uh, use the Wii remote, and you control with that. Uh, one button will fire off uh, her, her her gun. Power the other will we'll jump. Her, yeah. And, and uh, press, the A button will yeah. will put her into the morph ball, and you know, same same stuff there. Not really any surprises, but kind of the big surprise is you go into first person mode by just pointing the remote at the screen, and then yes. you can go to first-person mode. You can't move around while in first-person. But you can rotate but by you holding can, B. You can look around, you can shoot at people, and uh, they apparently during this demo, there was a part where uh, you basically switch between third and first-person for some of the boss fights. Yes. That's pretty awesome right there. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And there seems to be this, this cool concept where you can uh, dodge enemies' attacks, where if you time the D-pad correctly when someone's firing a projectile at you, you can dodge out of the way very cinematically and cool and it's possible to basically counter their attacks and then you know destroy the enemy yeah and what i'm i'm really excited that uh the game starts out with a big cg you know movie-esque rendering of yeah i mean we we already knew it was going to be very story-based for anyone that for anyone anyone that doesn't want to know anything about the story of the game although we don't know much we just know the introductory part that was in this demo um just skip on for a little bit. I guess maybe we'll put a chapter break there. But uh, how it starts off is basically the end of Super Metroid. Yes. Which, it's, it's it, like, it starts off where it's like, you know, Samus is there, and then you will cut back to the end of Super Metroid, where she's fighting Mother Brain, and the baby Metroid sacrifices herself. So it looks like this is going to tie in to Super Metroid, which, Directly. with the exception of Fusion, yeah. we haven't seen anything tie into Super Metroid. Yeah. Which is, which is great, and... It's this confirmed, got, this got, and this has got ties to Fusion as well, though. Yes, because yeah. it's Adam Malkovich. Although this is, I guess, in between Fusion and Super Metroid. Right. Because, yeah. uh, he was the like the computer yeah. program. Yeah, he was her commanding officer in the Galactic Federation. Yes. And it sounds Which, like it sounds like from these little story tidbits, um, she is on a mission with the Galactic Federation sort of under his leadership, but because she left the Galactic Federation years and years ago, before she became a bounty hunter, their relationship is currently a little uh, not great. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be so good! 
Yeah, I you know I, I was saying earlier on on my my Twitter feed that I, my my feelings about this game were more curious than than excited. But I think with these impressions that have just come out, I think I can finally graduate to full blown ecstatic. Looking forward to this game. It's it's exactly the kind of game that I I really have been looking forward to for a long time. I, yeah. I, I love the idea of taking the old two D style of games and just kind of taking them to the next. The next evolutionary spot that's not full-on, like, 3D exploration. And it looks it. really it. good. I cannot wait yeah. for this. Like, words cannot express how excited I am for this game after after just looking at the uh, the impressions that have been posted so far. Like, really, oh my god. It's, it's Super Metroid, but it's a sequel to Super Metroid. That's basically all I can say. Right. And yes... There, there's there's going to be some differences. It's not going to be. It's probably not going to be the same game. It probably won't be as legendary as Super Metroid was. But I'm still extremely excited. But it might be the next. Game. It might be the next Super Metroid. Yes, it might be the next Super Metroid. And I think that you know this is the kind of case where I, I think Team Ninja is a very competent developer. And I think when you team up a competent developer with Nintendo, you get great things. Yeah. Even when you con- even when you when you put a mediocre developer and a shitty developer with Nintendo, you'll get good things. But Team Ninja proved themselves as a as a very solid game developer, and now they're working with you know well, in our biased opinions the best of the best. A little bit biased. And I oh, I'm boy. extremely excited for this game now. And I I guess uh, before we just get into more hyperbolic preview bullshit. Um, I guess let's move on to the next game. Dragon Quest Nine is being published by Nintendo, and it's coming out this summer. Nice. Which, wow, I mean, not that I'm entirely surprised by this, but I'm really excited for Dragon Quest Nine, and I hope that Nintendo can make it very successful in North America, and I think they can. So out of curiosity, why would Square Enix not be publishing this game? Because I don't question. feel like Square Enix can market this game as well as Nintendo could. Hmm. And I think that's a big part of the reason is that, like, like really, like, all that Square Enix has to do in Japan is be like, hey guys, there's a new Dragon Quest game coming out, and people will line up in, in droves. Flood the streets. Whereas, yeah, like, it's like a fucking holiday whenever a Dragon Quest game comes out. Like, they shut down everything for, like, a week. I think that's but, true, actually. Yeah, I'm not even really exaggerating that much. That That's how ridiculous it is. And while in North America, like, I mean, Square Enix is successful in North America. I know Kingdom Hearts, uh, Kingdom Hearts, the DS game, sold sold pretty damn well. Yeah. And, I mean, I guess that would be the direct comparison to Dragon Quest Nine, but also all the Kingdom Hearts games have done really well, and I don't think the Dragon Quest remakes on DS have sold entirely too high. I don't think Dragon Quest Eight did that well in North America, and I don't think they did, like, really poorly, because, I mean, I think they're—I really hope they still bring up the sixth one on DS. But I think that's a very smart move by Square Enix and pairing with Nintendo on this, because if this becomes a success, then you have Dragon Quest X on Wii as well, and it's kind of a good partnership for the two of them, because Nintendo will be able to, you know, kind of lay claim and get a cut of the profits, and Square Enix stands to gain a lot in getting the Dragon Quest name more well-known in North America. And I think that pretty much, at this point, almost anything Nintendo puts effort into turns to gold. It's just that they don't put an effort into all of their games. Yeah, this is true. Yeah, absolutely. That, that, That makes sense. But... Anyway, uh, speaking of another game that Nintendo seems to be putting effort into, that's a third-party title, is Monster Hunter Tri, which oh, is yeah. coming out on April 20th, 
Uh, as we've talked about in the past before, there will be a Classic Controller Pro bundle. I believe it comes with a black Classic Controller Pro. Yes. That'll be $10 more, or the Classic Controller Pro will be $20 separately. It's Wii Speed compatible, and uh, the big news with this, which has been kind of rumored for a while, is that the online will be free yes. for the North American version of Monster Hunter Try. And for those who aren't aware of this, if you're not in the forums, please join, and then you can join the NWR Monster Hunter Club, which uh, our own director... Uh, John Lindemann is heading up, and Zach and I are pretty much card-carrying members now, especially after hearing everything about the, the demo that was going on and reading more about the game. I actually pre-ordered this game from Amazon uh, a few hours before the sh- before we recorded. Awesome. Nice. Yeah, I'm, so, uh, I'm super I don't excited. Really, I'm, not really under, I'm not really sure I understand why the game might not have been free, because it's not an MMO, right? Well, yeah, but kind in of Japan, is. it was pay-to-play. It, it's... It's kind of like an yeah, it's kind of like an MMO, but it's not. But the, the reason why is that the precedent is that the game is already out in Japan and it's pay to play there. Yeah, I know, I know it is in Japan. I'm just trying to figure out aside from the fact that they make boatloads of money off of charging for it, like why it might be. Because I mean, is, is there? It's a... like why PS. Well, I guess PSO is more of an MMO than this, but it's like it's still like it's a persistent online world. Is it okay? It is. Like yeah, I think there's yeah. like there's a town that there's a town that you is like kind of like the hub world, and then you go out on quests with people. Which I'm not a big MMO player, but I feel like you could just boil that down and describe any any MMO as that. Because so I guess like when I think of of a, of a game like World of Warcraft or any of the the big MMOs, I think of the the the, the monthly fees are basically they're they're for upkeeping the game and like adding content as the game progresses. And I don't know, does Monster Hunter like do? Is there someone out there working on Monster Hunter that's like adding content into the I game? I think on they a add. Basis? They might add new quests. I'm not, I'm not entirely okay. sure. I've been really. I've well, more focused way, on the what's going to be in the North American game, not what they do in Japan. The way John sure. was describing Monster Hunter United Freedom or whatever it's called, it's Monster Hunter Fu. Fu. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. He made it sound like there's an enormous learning curve, and then um, you just there's tons of content just to start with, and it it kind of repeats. It's like a loot. I mean, it's a loot game, so okay. you can go yeah, it's kill basically the same a boss monster. Rush game. Yeah, it's a boss rush game, and it sounds like bo- bo- monsters drop all sorts of different items that you can go back and put jewels and studs, and you know, kind of like Diablo. I it, it made me okay. think of Diablo. Gotcha. Yeah, like it does. See, it seems uh, it just seems like the kind of MMO like game that I would like. Which, that's the reason is that I've never been interested in MMOs before, and this is the first game that I've read about. I'll be like, well, that actually sounds pretty cool, and it's been a slow build-up before, like, really, it was just hearing what Aaron was saying that they were doing at the, at the Media Summit yeah. conference today. Like, it just sold me on the game 100%, and well, the graphics it's been a slow build. Yeah, it looks it looks really good, and yeah. it was just, I was, I was like, oh, I'll probably get it, and now, you know, I pre-ordered it. I am sold. Awesome. Yeah. I, you know, I may have to get this, too. Yeah, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun if we all play online, and that's why you listening at home, if you're going to get Monster Hunter Try, which you should consider, maybe you don't have to get it if you don't want to, but you should consider it, and then you can play with all of us online and tell us how shitty we are at video games, because I don't really, I know I'm not that great at games. <laughs> See, here, here's the thing, though. If I'm choosing between <laughs> Mario, Metroid, and Monster Hunter, I have a lot more incentive to get 
If, if, say I'm only going to buy one new game of the three of those, because I don't buy a lot of new games these days. I would have more incentive to get yeah, Monster Hunter Yeah, I would try, too, because, because I, then I, I would get, play with people online. Exactly. I, I can get Metroid and Mario like two years from now if I absolutely have to, and the experience is exactly the same. But yeah. if I don't get Monster Hunter Try and play it in the first couple of weeks, then, you know, it's 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 not going to be nearly yeah. as interesting because the people won't be there. Right. The community yep. won't be there. And this is a problem that's really only existed on, like, Xbox before. And I've, I've never really been a part of any online gaming community on Xbox, so I've never even been a part of this problem. Like, I didn't get well, Left for Dead or anything. This might yeah. be, like, a first for me. I might have to, I may actually have to buy it on this date of release. We'll see what happens. Hell yeah, that's right. <laughs> anyway, moving and, on and if, on I, that and note. And if I don't like it, I can sell it back two weeks later and get pretty much full credit for it, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, moving on. Sin and Punishment 2 is actually coming to North America. Oh, my I know gosh. Zach and I, we were talking to uh, Maxi in the forums in which it was of my opinion that if it wasn't mentioned at this media summit, it would not be coming out. Mm. And I agree. It was mentioned, and it is coming out on June 7th. Sin and Punishment Star Successor, which I think it's a, I think it's a very good move to change it from Sin and Punishment 2 because it makes it sound like more of its own game as opposed to a sequel to a game that no one played. Yeah, right, exactly. yeah I agree. Which I think I I just think that's a great move. I and, tend to agree. I mean, people don't pick yeah. up sequels to games they've not heard of generally as a rule. Yeah, I think the only case is Uncharted Two, but that was also because of the ad campaign. Yeah, always Uncharted came out in the states. Yeah, man, and Sin not, and Punishment and not like Two was twelve years fun. ago. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, at E three, that game was awesome. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is I I got the uh, the N sixty four game when it was uh, an import title on Virtual Console. I really enjoyed that, and from my time with it at E3, and hearing uh, Greg Leahy yeah, Greg on RFN's impressions of it, it's I mean, I know he, he he completely loves the series, so of course awesome. he's looking at it through a little bit of rose-colored glasses, but even still, like, I'm, I'm really excited to play this game. I don't think I will get it right away. I might, but I, I doubt it. I'll bet but you, I'll definitely... bet you it drops in price. Yeah, if if it if it's coming out for like forty bucks or thirty bucks, I will I will yeah. probably get it around launch. If not, I'll probably be waiting on it for a couple months. Just mainly because Mario Galaxy Two is coming out a little while before that. We got Metroid Other M coming out like what uh, three June. weeks later or something. June, yeah, 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 the end of June. Oh, hey, uh, real real quick. Um, speaking of uh, uh low prices, uh. Guess how much I found Mad World for at Sears last weekend? Twelve dollars. Go Ten. lower. Five. Seven. Five dollars. Holy crap! Really? Wait, your Sears sells video games? It was in the clearance bin. That's some wacky. Your Sears? Wait, 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 wait! Right no, 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 no. I guess uh, Sears around me don't really sell video games that much. Usually, oh, okay. you'll just see like like there's just a random assortment of like PS2 and Xbox games. Oh, I've right. seen it at Kmart for like twelve bucks. Never quite as yeah, well as five. Yeah, I've seen it at Kmart as well. Yeah. Five dollars, awesome. and then oh. I found the retro game challenge for ten. Very nice. <laughs> All right, well let's let's move on. And uh, there's uh, another game on the list that was revealed, uh, Span Smasher, which I don't know if you remember that from E3. I don't even know if you played it at E3, Zach. No, I did you? I recognize uh, the name, but I didn't play it. Yeah, Span Smasher is coming out in North America, and it's now called Fling Smash. Uh, the game's developed by Artoon. It's coming out in the summer. And the interesting thing about it is, well, I mean, with the title, I think Span Smasher, we were told at E3 that Span is apparently some kind of joke in Japan, so that's probably why they changed the title. But the other interesting thing is is that at E3, 
the booth people there told us that it could be played with Motion Plus or without Motion Plus. And it was said in the press release that was sent out with this that's, that Fling Smash can only be used with Motion Plus. So hmm. it's another Motion Plus only title that Nintendo can put the feather in their cap. And um, basically, from what I remember at E3, it's kind of like crazy pinball in that like you control a ball on screen and then move the Wii remote around to like destroy things. Oh, I remember you talking and, about that. And yeah. yeah, and if you like hold it, if you, I think it's like something like if you hold the Wii remote to one side for a little bit and then fling it across. Then, like, you'll do, like, a power attack, and then there's bosses in which you have to do that power attack on them. It was it was a pretty cool little game, and it's one that if, I, I would imagine it's going to come out for, like, 30 bucks or something, and I think it would be a yeah. really good game at that price, because it seems like it's almost borderline, like, it could come out on WiiWare, and it could also be a retail release. And we'll to, I'm interested to see what else they're going to do with the game to make it a worthwhile retail release. Well, this will be the only Motion Plus required game that's not bundled with Motion Plus. Right. Oh, well, I, I would actually like. I guess it. I guess it might. I, I would imagine it's probably not going to be bundled with Motion Plus. Yeah, although probably not. It might but... not. It might not be a bad idea to bundle it with it. Like kind of like how Excitebots was bundled with the Wii Wheel. Like yeah. maybe have like this game comes out for thirty bucks, or you can get it with Motion Plus for forty. Yeah. Like I think that would be a really cool idea, a really good idea. It'll just. It'll probably be the the. Um least least successful game to have you know hardware attack or yeah well i guess that's not necessarily true because like Cybots had the wheel but like it just <laughs> seems like they don't bundle hardware with software that probably won't sell tons of copies and i had never i i don't really expect this game to move you know several million but who knows i think i think it's the same kind of thing that as we were talking about earlier if nintendo put puts any effort behind this it might sell really well, or yeah. they could put the same amount of effort that they put into Excitebots, and it'll sell like shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it's definitely, uh, I mean, that's the, the only other Wii game that we know of that's a summer release. Well, I guess if you, if you don't count June as the summer, that's kind of the only game outside of, you know, Zelda, Z- Zelda Wii, and a few other ones that are up in the air, but that is pretty much the projected Wii lineup for the summer and the second half of the year. Awesome. And I imagine we'll be hearing a lot of stuff at E3, which makes me very excited. Yeah. And uh, now we're moving on to the DS stuff, and at the top of that list is Picross 3D, which is going to be coming out on May 3rd. There's going to be 350 puzzles on the cartridge. I am And there excited. will be downloadable puzzles afterwards that I'm not sure if this is going to be like latent style where they're already in the game and you just unlock them, or if it'll actually be unlockable puzzles. Well, Picross had the same thing, and I think they were not already in the game, although I don't know for sure. Okay, but um, I know I, I never got Picross DS. I kind of wish I did. I, I got into actually when uh, the Wii Internet browser was put on because they had like WePickross.com or something. Mm-hmm. I played a lot of Picross through that, and I guess I, I kind of just missed Picross DS coming out. But I played. I also I played a demo for Picross 3D at E3, and I was like, "Why isn't this game coming out now? I want to yeah. play it." Because just 3D Picross. I don't know if it's been done before, but it's just it's it's a lot. It's a lot more in depth than regular Picross, which it's just really, really cool. Well, my wife played the crap out of the first one. I think she solved every single puzzle in the game and most of the ones you could download. And I played <laughs> a lot of the original one too. Like I loved the original Picross. I'm totally stoked for the sequel. I uh, I claimed the review earlier. This I afternoon. saw. <laughs> yeah, I definitely. I will probably be picking this game up at some point because I really I was sold on an E3 and I just think it's a really a really neat idea. I'm really kind of curious to see how much. 
more difficult they're going to get with the 3D. Like, I'm, I was never that super great at them to begin with, but, like, with the, with the third dimension, God, this is going to be tricky, I think. I, I think it's going to be a pain in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah. And uh, the next game on the list is 100 Classic Books, which is already out, I, th- I think, in Japan and Europe. I'm not 100% sure. But 100 Classic Books came out on, or is going to come out on June 14th for $20, and it's going to have Shakespeare, Jules Verne, Jane Austen, Mark Twain, and more. Um, you can adjust the size of the pages, you can place bookmarks, and you can download new books Neil, via the Nintendo Wi-Fi connection. What, yes. what is this book you speak of? This this book? What's a book? Well, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a Kindle or a Nuke <laughs> or an iPad. That certainly, that certainly is seemingly what they're going for here, kind of a DS version exactly. of a Nook. Zach, it's kind of like podcast show notes, only it tells a lie, not the truth. <laughs> uh, Sorry. The book is a lie. <laughs> the book is a lie indeed. No, like, this is this is kind of cool, but I don't really know that the, the DS would make for the most comfortable e-reader in the world. No. Well, it's already out in Europe. It came out in Europe on December 26, 2008. And it came out in Australia uh, about a year ago. So, this game has been out for a while. And looking at it, I just actually pulled up the Wikipedia page. There's also Charlotte Bronte, uh, Charles Dickens, Robert Louis Stevenson. There, there's a whole, I mean, there's a hundred books. Yeah. That is kind of cool. It is pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, and it's only 20 bucks. And I, I think that's a really cool idea for it. I mean, I'm not really interested in investing anything in the Kindle or the Nook because, I mean... I can re- I can just I'd like it's a pretty big investment, and I mean in reality you can go to a library and rent and take books out that way. Whereas with this, I mean it's twenty bucks and you have a hundred titles, and I, I don't know more. if it costs money to download more, but we'll see. Like one of the benefits of the of the Kindle is that the screen is very very easy on the eyes compared to like a laptop yeah. screen or something like I that. I feel like this is made for the TSI Excel as well. Well, it yeah. wasn't, oh, yeah, but I feel definitely. like I feel like the reason why we uh, maybe the reason why it got held back in North America for so long is to come out shortly after the DSi XL, and maybe there will be a bundle with this when it does come out. That'd make a little more sense if the screen had a higher resolution, though. Yeah, but, yeah. but I don't know. It still makes sense. And the next title on the list is actually uh, Prince of Persia: The Forgotten Sands from Ubisoft. Which comes out on May 18th, and it's going to be—it's going to have the Super Nintendo version of the original Prince of Persia on disc. So that—that's uh, that, pretty cool. Oh, it's a um, separate disc. Or no, uh, I mean, or, or, on, it's in—it's in, it's it's in, in the game. game. Yeah, in the okay. game. I okay. wonder okay. if it'll be an unlockable. I yeah, I, I imagine it'll probably be an unlockable. And I—I I heard a rumor before this that uh, Prince of Persia Classic, which came out for XBLA and I think it came out for PSN, it did. was going to be in the 360 PS3 version. So that that's kind of interesting hmm. that across both versions we'll be getting a different version of the original Prince of Persia. Yeah, it is. And, Collect uh, them all. The, from what I've read, there, there's a there's a nice uh, like there's a nice like almost a feature article. I think it's like six or eight pages or something in Nintendo Power about this game. The graphics look reading, amazing. Yeah, I was yeah, reading it do. recently, and it's it's built from the ground up. I think it's made by Ubisoft Montreal. Um, it basically they're kind of taking. Like they're they're taking how it worked in Sands of Time, and they're just playing with it and using the Wii controls. And it, I mean, it looks like it's going to be really good. They're going to have big bosses that they kind of compare to the Shadow of the Colossus bosses. 
There's also going to be some sort of co-op that I think is going to be akin to Mario Galaxy from what they say. Hmm. And there's also different sand powers where, like, uh, that make use of the Wii Remote. It kind of reminds me of Nick's Quest in that regard. Nice. There's a sand ring that basically, like, say, like, you're, you are platforming up a wall and there's nowhere to grab onto. You can use the sand ring to shoot something, or, like, basically make a sand on the wall. You control the sand in this game, hence the Forgotten Sands. And you can, uh, you know, grab onto that and then go up, but you can only do one at a time. And you can also use that in conjunction with your two other sand sand powers, which is the sand pillar and the sand sphere, which are uh, more context sen- which are context sensitive. And uh, the sand pillar will do stuff like give you a mini whirlwind to elevate you in the air. So you could use the mini whirlwind to go up and then grab onto the sand ring. So it sounds like it sounds it like these powers are taking the place of Elika. Or Elika. Yeah, yeah actually. This game, is sense- kinda, this game is kind of making me want to replay the original, and I got to thinking, it'd be really nice if they took the the, the original three games, the original trilogy, the last-gen trilogy. And did, and like, a Metro Prime trilogy. Yeah, yeah. like an official trilogy re-release on, on Wii. And maybe I'd buy that. I've actually, I, I have an embarrassing thing to say. I never finished The Sands of Time. I've never uh, played The Sands of Time. I, I, oh, it's I, great. I, I borrowed a friend's Xbox version of the game and played it on my brother's Xbox, but I only played, like uh, like, probably an hour or two in. And the talk in the Games of the Decades feature, uh, like that podcast, got me to thinking, uh, I was almost actually going to go out to GameStop tonight and buy that used, yeah. but I did not. The, yeah, the Sense of Time is fantastic, and you know the second and third ones aren't necessarily nearly as good, but they're still pretty pretty decent uh, action platformers, even if it's kind of, they're kind of frustrating from time to time. But, yeah. man, they could really, you know, just, just do the Metroid Prime trilogy treatment to these games, you know. Yeah, because the third one already came out on Wii, although yeah, I don't know right. how well that was received. Is it, it? Did you play it? Is it I played about good? half of it, and, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's not too bad. It basically plays like the GameCube one if if it controlled more like Twilight Princess. <laughs> <laughs> that actually doesn't sound that bad. I'd, I'd no, be interested to try that at some point. I imagine it's pretty cheap at this time. It's been like three yeah. years since it came out. Yeah, I mean, it's not too bad. I mean, it's kind of the same deal as Metroid Prime. You know, they they already have the controls down for the last one in the series. They just got to redo it for the first two. Yeah. So yeah. But I, I would much rather see them focus on making this new game as opposed to worrying about that. But maybe yeah, yeah, something sorry. in the future. Tangent. That was a tangent. Yeah. But, I worry that Ubisoft's going to forget be really about the cool. reboot that they started in 2008. I, I, I love I love that that recent game. But Me let's too. not get into that now. No, no. We're already going to run really long. Yeah, let's get going. So. The, the next game on the list is from Disney. It's being developed by Wide Load Games, who were recently acquired by Disney. That's made up of former Bungie developers. They made Stubbs the Zombie and Hail to the Chimp. And they are making Guilty Party, which is basically Clue the video game. It's coming out for Wii in the second half of 2010. Thoughts about this? Meh. Nah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Interesting. It's the kind of game, I, I, I made this comment when I was tweeting about it, that uh, Lauren would be really, really into this. But, I mean, other than that, we did. I haven't seen anything about it. Maybe, maybe we'll hear more once the embargo goes up. Uh, just so you know, there's an embargo for everything that I think might be ending soon after we finish recording. So we might have a little, uh, a little delay with as far as some of the impressions that are coming out. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't really have much to say about. Yeah, I don't know party. anything about this really. <laughs> yeah, and they didn't really say too much about it. Uh, moving down the list, there's also Ghostwire linked to the Paranormal, which is being published by Majesco. We have a, an interview with uh, the people who are making this game, and uh, yeah, it seems pretty cool. It uses the DSi camera, and 
uses some kind of special engine where you interact with ghosts in the world around you and stuff like that. It seems pretty cool. It's a retail release, I'm pretty sure. I've heard conflicting things, like some places call it DSiWare, but I'm pretty sure it's a retail DSi release published by Majesco. So that's cool, and I'm just going to continue running on this list of WiiWare titles. We got Mega Man 10, which we already knew about. It's coming out on March 1st. That will be the next Game Club game. We'll probably remind you at the end of the episode, but just so you know, when that comes out, start playing with us, or start playing it, and then we'll be talking about it next episode. Hell yeah. We also have Max, Max and the Magic Marker, which is uh, kind of like a crayon physics-esque game that I think it's already out in Europe, so you can read reviews about that if you're curious about it, but also... Uh, the, the Polish people that made that are flying into a PR studio in New York City, and our own Jared Rosenberg is scheduled to be checking it out on Friday. So awesome. probably shortly after this comes out, you'll be hearing something more about Max and the Magic Marker, and then you'll be playing it in about two weeks. Nice. And the final thing, which is freaking finally, Cave Story is coming out on March 22nd. And Hallelujah. The next, that will be the next Game Club game after Mega Man 10, for the record. Sweet. And probably the last one for a little bit. Yeah, yeah because I, I I think that's the WiiWare load. It's yeah. been blown. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, also, I'm super excited about Cave Story. That's going to kick ass. Yeah, like, I can't, I can't wait for that. I'm glad that we have a set release date. And if this doesn't get met, I will probably cry. <laughs> I'll join you in crying. Yeah. NWR podcast. Sobcast, if you will. <laughs> yep. It'll be like that episode. If Cave Story's not out, it'll just be us crying <laughs> for like a half an hour. And we'll be like... Man, it doesn't matter. <laughs> nothing nothing makes sense anymore. But continuing down the WiiWare list, we also have WarioWare DIY Showcase coming out on March 29th. There are 70 micro games in it. It's kind of like a companion piece to the DS game, which comes out the day before. You can connect to the DS game and transfer your created content onto there and play it on the big screen. And you can also uh, play other user-generated content online. I think this is a freaking awesome idea, and I will... Definitely be picking up DIY, and I'll definitely be picking up this. Yeah, that's pretty great. What's what's the price on this? Do we know? I imagine it'll probably be like ten bucks. Although it seems like it's kind of fully featured. Originally, I thought it was going to be like something kind of cheap and crappy, but it actually seems like it's going to be great. So maybe fifteen. I don't think there's any pricing structure for it, but I can. I was just thinking, you know, it's kind of like advertising. It's like ad. It's like a ad for one of their other games. So yeah, I would hope that Almost, it comes out yeah. pretty pretty cheap. But I mean, it I is kind we'll of a thing that. in and of itself, but it still is also kind of a thing that's... Is, yeah, it, really no, all, it, is it really all that useful if you don't have the uh, the DS game? I don't think you can make... You, you can't make games with the WiiWare version, but you can download ones that people put up there. Okay. I don't know exactly how that's all going to work, but I, I think it's it's pretty... I mean, okay, it only comes with 70 micro games at, at, at the start, but you can play a bunch of user-created stuff, which is awesome. Gotcha. Yeah. And to finish up uh, the WiiWare stuff, we got two new art style games, Art Style Light Tracks, which puts players in charge of a white beam of light as it engages in a surreal race against other beams across a dark track. Players must keep away from obstacles, use items, and look for power boosts if they want to finish first. Got this that. is a, a an updated take on the Bit Generations game Dot Stream. Which uh, came yeah, out I Game watched Boy the uh, I Japan watched the trailer only. for this and it looks it really looks trippy. crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how I don't know how one would actually play this game, but the trailer looked really cool. Yeah, uh, I mean I'm always interested in these art style games. I'm a, I'm a big fan of them. Yeah, and the second one is art style Rotozoa, which is coming out in in the spring along with Light Tracks. I imagine they'll come out around the same time. And this pretty much looks like uh, the game Flow, 
which was a PSN right. game and also a Flash game. But uh, it's actually Jonathan Metz described this in the forums that it looks like Flow, but it's more of a puzzle game. Um, and like you, you swim and spin through the primordial ooze in, in art style Rotozoa. You absorb tiny organisms that match the colors of your tentacles. As you absorb more organisms, your tentacles grow. So that, that, that seems cool. pretty cool. And you and you gain more tentacles as you go on. It seems really, really cool. Awesome. And then just to finish it up, uh, Rage of the Gladiator was mentioned, which is a fighting game that uses Motion Plus that will be coming out this spring. And Yet It Moves, which is an indie darling. And, That's like, what you she said. around you. Ah. No. Uh, and that, that is coming out I think the spring or summer and Super Meat Boy which is now coming out for Xbox Live Arcade first but that's coming out in the summer which I think Super it's coming Meat out Boy after the Xbox awesome. Live Arcade version yeah, yeah I'm, uh, regardless Xbox Live Arcade or WiiWare this game's going to be fucking great and the, the big DSiWare news uh, is pretty much that Photo Dojo is this really really cool fighting game uh, I believe it's out in Japan, uh, but they were showing off the North American version quite heavily at the Media Summit. And when you turn on the game, you create a character by posing for 13 different pictures and then making 10 different sound effects. And then you make a character in the game. Which That's you can make neat. up to eight neat. different characters. You can battle You can battle a friend on one DSi. And it looks like it's kind of like a beat-em-up when you're playing the single-player game. There's a trailer up on the site. And it just looks really, really goofy, and I can't wait to play it whenever it comes out. Oh. This is a must-part... This is a day one download for me. You know how the uh, NBA Jam, the new NBA Jam, uses uh, photos of the characters' heads? Right. Wouldn't it? Yeah, be that's cool? pretty much what this Wouldn't is. Wouldn't it be cool if you could take pictures of yourself with your DSi and import them via the photo channel onto NBA Jam? That would be epic. Although, what would also be cool is if they made a DSiWare. NBA yeah. Jam game. Yeah, that'd be yeah, even better. Absolutely. Maybe not fully featured, but just like basically make NBA Jam using the same thing that they're doing with Photo Dojo. Yeah, I, I, that's pretty. And uh, good idea. finishing up with DSiWare Metal Torrent, which there's a trailer up on the site. I'll just read a little blurb from the press release. Delivers a frantic barrage of gunfire that fills the screen. Players try to convert opponents' bullets into cubes that, when collected, increase their score and fill an energy meter that powers special weapons. So it's like bullet hell, kind of, basically. Yeah, it, yeah. it reminds me kind of of, uh, what's the, the oh, crap? Ikaruga? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. That's it, I was blanking on the name. That's it kind of reminds me of too. that, because you change your colors to absorb ones and stuff like that. And the, the last DSI war game is Escape. Which kind of looks like, uh, I, I think I had the name wrong, but like the, the wireframe tanks game. Yeah. I think it's like Battle Tanks or something like that. And uh, the press release blurb for that is that it immerses players in an exploratory adventure involving more than 20 planets. Players will pilot their tank through 3D tunnels, fire at enemies, and even battle ancient weapons that resemble giant robots. That, that looks really cool. cool, and I'm excited to play it. Yeah, yeah it kind of like looked like a, almost looked very, kind of Star Fox-esque to me. Yeah, and well, I, love, I love my wireframe Star Fox, so... Yeah. I am jazzed for that. Yeah, that's kind of cool. And that is the Media Summit. Fucking 40 minutes later, that is the Media Summit. Later we the did. spring yes. lineup. That is yeah, awesome. ladies and gentlemen, I am, I am fucking psyched. Let and it not the good be news sad is they don't that, have games on, the, on these consoles, seriously. Yeah, like, I mean, I did have that the wonderment of, like, where was this for the past year? But even still, but like, Neil, wow. But Neil, they're all first-party games, man. Where are the I don't third give a shit. Parties? I want to play first party games. I want to play Mario Galaxy 2. I, I want to play Metroid Other M. 
But they're not Cave Story, Monster Hunter. Uh, yeah, no, that's Dragon the thing Quest is that they 9? actually did mention a, a good number of third party games. Prince of Persia. Technically, Hell yeah. Dragon Quest Nine is now a first party game, but well, okay, but uh, yeah. cool, I mean, that doesn't really count. I don't think. Yeah, but still, I mean, I thought this was a fantastic media summit. Oh yeah, and I'm really like it. It didn't like I can't say that any of this was really surprising. Like, it's not like there was any game that was announced, but I was like, oh my god, I didn't expect that. Like, no, I expected there's, a lot, there's of, these a lot games of confirmation announced, for things that we had yeah. only been able to suggest before. Theorize. I'm glad that, I'm glad that uh, Fling Smash, or Span Smasher, that's what I still want to call it, I'm glad that we're seeing that come out. I'm shocked that Mario Galaxy 2 and Metroid Other M are coming out pretty much within a month of each other. And like, before I still, E3. I can't wrap my head. Yeah, and, well, actually, uh, well, Metroid Other M will be not, coming not about Metroid. a week and a half after E3. So imagine But it's Metroid not coming out in September. A, it's coming out in June. Yeah, really and early. that opens up a lot for the second half of the year. And yeah. I think, well, like, I mean, I think yeah, that Nintendo is operating on, on all cylinders right now, and I really hope that what they're starting now with Mario Galaxy and Metroid Other M continues for the rest of this current well, I mean, it's like you were saying, there's nothing that was particularly surprising at this press conference, but what that does is now they have room to be as surprising as they want in E3. They don't have to sit there and run down a list list of all these games they've had pending for for the last year at E3. They can actually give us some new stuff at E3 because th- this stuff is now out of the way. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's, I, it's a clean slate at E3 now. Yep. I mean, pretty much they're going to be showing a Zelda. We know that much. Yeah, we know Outside that. Outside of that, Really, what what are we? I mean, Golden Sun DS might pop up. I, I mean, yeah. the uh, the pulse thing. Oh yeah, yeah. The we relax. Or yeah, whatever, Pikmin three, but... maybe, maybe, maybe Pikmin. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I hope yeah. I hope we'll see Pikmin three. I I think there's a lot of potential for that, and I think that's a topic for a pre E three show and then a post E three show. Whatever so, Retro has yeah. been doing for the last three yeah. or four years. Yeah, I'm. I'm I'm just, I'm really excited for the next couple months, and I'm really excited to see what's going to happen after that. We're going to be busy. Yes, we are. And with that, let's let's take a little bit of a break, because I think we, we might need it. Yeah. Even we'll, just to break this we'll up. We'll come back with newscast proper. <laughs> yeah, with pretty much the rest of the show. the second half and we're doing the little thing we call what you reviewing and up first is andy with sheeran the wanderer we which uh how are you feeling after a little bit more time with the mystery dungeon okay so as i'm sure everyone who's listening to this knows there's something of a bit of a history with mystery dungeon games on uh on this website that basically no one's liked them except for a couple of people who aren't with the staff anymore yeah i think i um, think luke was the only person that liked mystery yeah. dungeon mm-hmm. games and i think the time that he spent here, there was not a Mystery Dungeon game for him to review. See, actually, I, I went and looked at all the Mystery Dungeon reviews that have been done on the site, and I think, yeah, it was like Nick and and yours with yours and James, and I think yeah. uh, maybe TYP had one as well. Yeah. Um, I but, had Azuna, know, we, too. Um, oh, yeah. Okay, okay. I hadn't, hadn't seen that one. Um, it's funny. Did, There's did, lots of innuendo in that one. Did you, did you like it, Zach? Did, <laughs> no, did, did, I hated did you enjoy it. it. I hated really? it so okay. much. So the the big question then I guess is do I hate Sharon and uh, am I going to be joining 
the prestigious club of people who get bitched at in the talkback threads for not understanding the genre. <laughs> um, as <laughs> as it so seems. Um, so I guess and the, and the answer to that question is probably probably not. Um, I'm not sure what, I, what I'm going to give this game yet. I'm not not quite finished playing through it. Um, but I'm not I'm not hating it. I'm actually kind of liking it. But it's incredibly frustrating, and I completely understand anyone who wouldn't like this game. Um, I'm gonna, I'm going to basically have to start off my review by saying there's a good chance that if you're reading this, you probably already know what you think of this game. And it, in that case, this is not this is not a review for you. You know, I I'm going into this game completely blind, having never played a roguelike before. So basically, my review only applies to you if you also have never played a roguelike before. Um, and you know, I, I didn't hate it. I, I I don't know how this compares to the ones that have been hated before. Uh, maybe maybe it is legitimately better. I'm I'm not sure. It has a lot of the same traits that were complained about heavily: random dungeons, spawning by the exit, um, cheap deaths, uh, incredibly harsh punishment for death. Now this game has the easy mode and the normal mode, like I mentioned last time, and I am I am playing it on easy. Which basically the only the only difference is when I die, I don't lose all of my shit. Um, yeah, other than that, it's pretty much the same difficulty level from what yeah. I remember from you the preview. You know, so, some roguelikes, when you die, not only do you lose your shit, you also go back to level one. So compared to other roguelikes, easy mode on this is ridiculously simple and probably, to some extent, defeats the purpose. Because the purpose of roguelikes is to really make you think everything out so far ahead of time that, you know, you can't die. Like, the idea is risk should be a big part of a, a big part of these games. So if that doesn't appeal to you, you're probably not going to like this game because even yeah, on it easy, doesn't appeal to me. Yeah, even <laughs> even on even on easy, this game is is, is, a, is a lot about that because I'll sit down there and I'll play twelve floors of a dungeon, which takes you know a good forty five to sixty minutes, and then I'll get to the boss and then I'll, and then I'll die because by the time you get to the boss, you know you're out of revival herbs, you're out of healing stuff. Um, the boss is incredibly difficult, and then you know what do you do? You fight the boss for three or four rounds, and then you're dead, and then what do you and then what are you at? You're back to where you were 45 minutes to 60 minutes ago, and really the only thing you've you've kept is the knowledge of what killed you. So maybe how you can prevent it next time. You don't keep any of your experience. You don't keep anything. So, you know, it, it's it's really difficult. Even on easy, this game is really difficult. Um, but that said, I I am sort of you now now that I'm about 15 hours in, I'm starting to learn how this game thinks. Um, and I, I I'm sounds kind of, like I'm, Demon Souls. I think yeah. Yeah, think definitely Demon Souls really takes a lot from the mystery dungeon idea. It's a slow burn kind of thing where eventually it yeah. clicks. Yep. I haven't yeah, basically the last time I went through a dungeon it finally clicked and I haven't gone back to the game since then. So we'll see if the click actually sticks or not. But the last time I went through I um encountered what they call a monster room, which is basically uh, you know the dungeons are all randomly laid out, and you know you walk you're walking around, and who knows what you're gonna find because it's different every single time. But one of the things they throw at you occasionally is you walk into a small room, and it's got probably ten to fifteen monsters in it. And basically, if you don't escape immediately, uh, you're probably gonna die. Um, and I've been killed in a monster room three or four times already, uh, so I'm familiar with how that process works. Um, this time, I actually managed to warp one of my characters out and the other character i just was able to walk away before it got too dangerous and with when i did that i was able actually to pick off the monsters one by one because they fled after me and 
what, what that got me in the end was a whole bunch of new loot. And I started to finally understand, like, okay, well, I can't pick this up because I have these scrolls. Well, what does a scroll do? Uh, my, my inventory was full. And so I started looking through some of my items, and I realized that I, I wasn't using some of these items. And I finally, like, understood enough about the game to figure out what those items were good at. So suddenly I realized, like, after that, my weapons were way more powerful. Um which made the rest of the dungeon actually kind of easy until I died at the boss. Huh. So I think I think now, like, if I go back through this, I can kind of, like, go through my inventory and find things that will actually be pretty helpful uh, to getting past where I was. Now, here's, here's where the game really, really got to me. Um, you start the game with about five revival herbs. And the problem with, with the revival herbs is that they're not used like anything else in the game that I've found so far. They're, they're herbs, which makes – and you can use them. You can eat them. Your character will eat them, but they're passive items. If you die and you have one, you come back to life. That's never explained to you anywhere in the game. So hmm. you know, I, I, I didn't even know what it did, so I ate one early in the game, and it said, well, you shouldn't do that because you need these later if you die. I was like, okay, well, thanks. Um, and then I threw one at an undead enemy because healing things kill undead, and I was like, I want to see if that works. So I did. So I, I wasted two of my revival herbs. Can you get any more? I haven't found a single one oh, in 15 shit. hours of gameplay. Oh, hey. I'm sure. I'm sure they exist, but I haven't found them. When, when you have them in your inventory, if you die, if one of your characters dies, they come back to life without having to go back to the to the dungeon. But if you don't have any, if either of your characters dies, game over. You can't keep playing with the other character, even if one of your characters dies. Oh. So I got so I got through twelve levels of of the last dungeon, and then one of my characters, one of my two characters, died at the boss. And because I haven't had a revival orb for the last three or four dungeons left, I, I'm I, you know one 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 character dies and I'm done. Uh, so that's the problem: is this game doesn't really lay out for you that these are important. The game, in that manner, basically caters to those who you know have played roguelikes before and who know these things. Um, the game really needed to have a much better. So you've never played a mystery dungeon title before, yeah. kind of introduction. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny, especially because I know uh, Atlas in like their uh, their their pre-release hype for this game, they were hyping it as something that oh yeah, this is a mystery dungeon game that people can get into, and they they dreaded. They didn't want to use the term roguelike. And, you know, I think I, I think I can kind of see where they might get that from because there's a lot of things in here that seem to be a little more JRPG-ish. There's a, there's, yeah. a, there's, a pretty, there's a pretty deep story It seemed like the presentation was – The presentation was, is definitely – It looks really good. Yeah. And there and are – it's different you know, from what I've seen in other Mystery Dungeon games. There are tutorials, but the, the tutorials are just a screen of instructions in a menu. You pull it up, and there's ten of them, and you can read through them one by one. Kind of like in any RPG, there's a room in the first town full of, like, eight guys who have hints. Yeah. That's your tutorial. It's in, it's in the menu. If you want to read it, fair enough. But it doesn't have everything you'd ever need to know. Uh, um, so Even yeah, Endless Ocean has everything you would ever need to know in a so, book. Yeah, and, and it's little things like that that really, really make the game extremely frustrating if, if you if you use all of your revival herbs you basically have to just play old dungeons over and over and over again and check the shops every single time to see if one pops up somewhere um, and that's really frustrating you know there's other things like I uh, you have to use a lot of jars because you're you're you only have three pages of inventory and eventually like you come across these jars you can put like five or six items in a jar it's just a way of like helping you out with your inventory management and um, 
But like I okay, so I came across a jar and I put a whole bunch of my food in it because if you you know if you don't have food you'll die. Um, and immediately the first thing that happened was my jar got stolen by by a monster who then walked oh. away. Oh. It's like, are you <laughs> kidding me? Don't don't let me do this and then have it get stolen. That's not fair. Like it's basically it's, it's just a, whole, a mean game. It's a game that's full of trial and error. Like the, 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 I kind of feel like I should be, have been given some kind of a fair warning that. Like, if I put all of my food in a jar, the first thing the pickpocket will go after is that jar, which is the case because it's happened, like, five times. Jeez. It wasn't until, like, eight or eight or nine hours into the game that I find that I found an item that prevents pickpocketing, and I'm fairly certain that was a pretty rare item that I came across. So, anyway, long story short, I'm not hating it. I'm kind of liking it, but it's incredibly frustrating, and I can't wait to be done with it. Yeah. All right, no. I mean, it's, it sounds like, I, I know I was even a little interested in it before it came out, and it's, I'm glad to hear that you don't totally hate Mystery Dungeon Games and that you're actually enjoying it. Unfortunately, and, I think this means I get to be the guy who reviews all of them. Yeah, right you on. are now the token yep. bitch. Yep. Yeah. So, <laughs> I know, Zach, uh, I know you, you said that Greg and Johnny have been talking about this on RFN pretty much ad nauseum. Or, uh, well, I well, guess not there, ad nauseum. No, there was a... They, 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 pra- they, they, they praise it very highly, and this game is Retro yeah. Game Challenge. Retro and game you're going to be doing a review for the site because it's one of those ones that we never got a review copy for and just kind of slipped by. Right. And you picked it up recently, and what are, what are your thoughts on it? Well, I don't like it as much as... You know when now why? Because I actually I got this game around Christmas time. Oh and well, I I haven't finished it yet, but I'm I'm like halfway through it. There's a, you know they. Uh, here's what it is. It's a collection of eight very deliberately deliberately retro games. You know, going back to the late '80s of the NES, and or all early '80s. Early no no well. Mid to late 80s, I'd say. Yeah, I think, what does it start in, like, 84, 85? Yeah, and, and you Something know, like each that. each of the games has a real-life counterpart. Like, the first game you play is basically is... Space Invaders. Yeah. And then the game that, it's that game's sequel is Xevious. Yep. And, you know, in between there's uh, Super Robot Ninja Hagelman, which is, I don't know how to describe that one. It's almost yeah. The first one, like, I don't know. The the first the first uh, Haggerman game is is really weird. I haven't gotten to the second one yet. I'm it's a, the same game. I, okay, and I heard the third one is really good. Yeah, I, I remember hearing that, and I can't wait to beat this RPG game so I can. Oh, Gaudia Quest. That's where I stopped playing. Gaudia Quest. Yeah, I stopped sucks. playing at Rally King Two because I fucking Rally hate King Rally Two. King. Yeah, I know. Here's the thing about Rally King. I I, got, okay. I I get like the humor in that. No, but, there's no like, humor in it. It's like freaking. You play Rally King for four challenges. You're like, I'm so fucking done with this game because it sucks. I hated that game. It's a I, top I put down, the game down micro for, machine like, racer. And yeah, and then you you get to the next game, it's like which RC is Pro-Am, but shit. Yeah, and the next game is Hagelman. No, it's not Hagelman Two. It's uh. I think it's Cosmic. Is it Cosmic Gate? Yeah, Cosmic Gate, which is actually kick-ass. Yeah, Cosmic that, that, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, and then the next game is like, oh, it's Rally King Special Edition. It's the <laughs> that, same that, that game. Is, I put the game down, and I was like, no game, bad game. Yeah, because basically, game. I got to the first Rally King, got halfway through it, and was like, well, this is just boring. And then I finally picked it back up. I was like, I'll, I'll get through this. I heard some of the later games are good. Played Cosmic Game. I was like, oh, this is really cool. And then it was like Rally King 2. And I was like, no. Yeah. No, 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 and, no. And now I'm on Gaudia Quest, which is like Dragon Quest 2, maybe? 
Yeah. Uh, if that. I mean, I'm, I'm, ex sucks. I'm excited to play Gaudia Quest because I do kind of like those Dragon Quest games more than the, like, sitting there watching TV and mindlessly playing it. Well, that's what you have to do because it's just grinding. It's yeah. grinding yeah. and grinding and grinding. And, and, you know, here's the thing about it. All of this would be tolerable if you didn't have to repeat every game from the beginning, from every challenge. Like, I don't know if, yeah. Andy, have you played this game? Oh, yeah, you I played obviously all the way have through... this game. Okay. Oh, well, yeah, I don't have any more, but I played all the way through Guardia Quest. But on Guardia Quest, can't you load your save? Yeah, game you can load and... your save, but like with a game like Rally King, you know, the first yeah. challenge is get to the end of the course, and you do it, and it says clear, and then you go back out to the menu. And, and then it's it says, like, get to the second course. Yeah, get to the second course. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> I could have done that five minutes ago. And then... It's a really... I think it's a really great idea, and what I would have liked to see is fucking Retro Game Challenge 2. Yeah. But yeah. that's not going to come out, because Retro Game Challenge 2 seemed to take more of a Super Nintendo slant to it. And it has more which, variety. Yeah, which interests me a lot. I know from what I've heard, I think... I think people on Retronauts have played Retro Game Challenge 2. They imported it, and they said it's, like, light years better than the first. And I don't really give two craps about the little kid who you're constantly chattering with. Yeah, like, I guess it's a reference to some Japanese TV show, but I don't really give a crap. No. <laughs> I like the magazines, though. The magazines are a nice touch. Yeah, those are cool. And I read I all I liked them. it better than either of you guys, but, yeah, that, during... During the Guadia quest, I just lost lost interest. No, I, I really liked the game, except for Rally King. I liked Rally yeah. King, actually. Like, I enjoyed everything that I played in the game, except for Rally King. Well, Hagelman hmm. 2 was like Hagelman Special Edition 2. Yeah, yeah, but I didn't really mind Hagelman. Like, that's not a terrible game. I feel like part of, like, yeah. I, I feel like Rally King and Rally King Special Edition is like a joke. Like, like, we made this really shitty racing game, and then we just made you play the same thing again. <laughs> yeah, those are games but... I would never go back and actually play, whereas I would probably play Hagelman and Star Prince and Cosmic Gate. Yeah. And, you know, probably Wait, Hagelman Cosmic Gate. No, no, Star Prince is the second yeah, whatever one, right? Called, Cosmic yeah. Gate is the first yeah. one. I forgot. I'd actually play those. I I might just, when I'm bored, play, you know, load up my save and grind some more in, in Gaudia Quest. But, my gosh, Rally King, yeah. there's just no excuse for that. Yep. <laughs> well, I didn't have a problem with Rally King. I thought it was all right. And some of the personally. cheats that they tell you in the magazine don't work. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. turning yeah, your car sure. invincible in Rally King, that doesn't work. I didn't even try it. Apparently, it's for the best. <laughs> yeah. Probably would have made you a happier person. <laughs> yeah. Well, well I, let's, let's... I like the game. I like what the game's trying to do. I just, I just don't think it does it very well. Fair All right. enough. Well, um, I guess excited to see your final thoughts on it. Yeah. Uh, moving on, let's wrap up what you're reviewing with um, the game that I played, which the review is actually up right now. So I guess we won't spend too much time on it. But Endless Ocean Blue World, aka Endless Ocean Two, and uh, I gave it a nine out of ten. I, I really, really enjoyed it, and I honestly think. I know, like, the, the price of games isn't supposed to be a factor in our reviews, but... And it really wasn't, because the game is, is... It's a very good game, there's tons to do, but this is a, basically, like, a fucking, like, Japanese scuba diving RPG, and it's $30. And that includes We Speak. brand new. Yeah, well, that, it depends on where you get it. The whole thing with We Speak is that it's like... I guess people probably have a bunch of Wii Speaks and they want to get rid of them. Oh. Because it's not like an official bundle. I think it's like where it's like, oh, if you order it early, you'll get one of our leftover Wii Speaks. Oh, I see. <laughs> gotcha. I'm kind but, of curious about this game. I, I might have to eventually pick this up. Probably not anytime soon, but... 
It's, I think yeah. you've officially put it on my on my on my list of games to not ignore any longer. Yeah, me too. Yeah, like I mean, I was I was always really interested in the first one. The only time I really played uh, I played a demo at Nintendo World Store one time, and I was like, well, that's really cool, and I just never got around to buying it. But the second one, really, from what I from what I played about the first one, from what I've read about the first one, the second one basically turns it into a game. Like the first one was very much like, oh, just go. There's no you don't you don't have a diet you don't have air to worry about. There's no the, none of them are gonna hurt you. Just just dive around, take pictures. The it's sharks will bite off your leg. Uh, they, well, they didn't have sharks in the first one at all. Oh, but, so can you die in the second one? Yes, although so it's, it's basically really just endless. like you washed ashore. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Because you can run out of air, and, like, when you run out of air, it was like, do you just want to go back to the boat? And then you can just be like, okay. I think you, like, lose some any stuff that you picked up or something. Endless but... Ocean 2, the end. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. If you die, you lose all your stuff. It's Endless Ocean Mystery Dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> you can watch level one. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited that you get to go to the Arctic because I live around there and I want to see some of the animals. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's the thing. They have the Arctic, they have the Antarctic, they have a river. It's like they have a lot of varied locations, and they're all they're all really cool. You see a bunch of different animals. There's tons to do. Like there's all these side quests. Like you can give people tours, take them to specific animals. You can just explore everywhere, which is which is fun in itself. There's all sorts of other quests where you're looking for like specific items that are hidden in the ocean. It just it's a there's so much to do, and it's a really fun game, and it's a very, very common game. I know I made this comment in the forums about how, like, there were times I would be playing this, I would be playing late at night, and I would be doing stuff in the game, and there would just be, like, a load screen or something, and because of the calming music and how calming, like, the ocean is and everything, I would just fall asleep. Nice. And it's not, like, like, I have fallen asleep in games before, but that's, like, when I'm bored. <laughs> like, this, I was not bored. Like I was, I was very entertained. It's just that it was too relaxing. Yeah, yeah. So I know someone made a joke about how maybe this is a precursor to the Vitality Sensor. <laughs> nice. And uh, if it is, I like where they're going with it because I really like Endless Ocean too. Very good. So uh, let's move on to new releases. And first off, we'll start off with the retail games, which the first one is Endless Ocean Blue World, which Speak of the came devil. out this week. And uh, also coming out this week is Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing. It's coming out for Wii and DS. It came out this Tuesday. Uh, it's basically Sonic Sonic Kart. Uh, it looks really good. We might be getting review copies of it. If not, I think that uh, Matt Blunden will be picking up the DS version, and I'm probably getting the Wii version because I like I like character kart racing games, and I'm a, I'm a secret I'm a secret Sega fan at heart. Which I guess is not a secret. Well, this is anymore. not the first time they've tried to make a racing game with Sonic, but. It appears to be the first time they've done a very good job at it. Yeah, I, I know yeah. the developer, Sumo Digital, uh, they made the OutRun games, okay. or at least OutRun 2, which is heralded that, that as like, this phenomenal that pretty, game. That's that pretty I've, good. I've, I've never played it, but I've heard it's really good. They also made Sega Superstars Tennis, which came out two years ago, mm. and was actually my first review for Nintendo World Report, and I, I really like that. And, uh, yeah, I, I gave that one a 7.5, and, and I actually think this, from what I've heard, it's a lot better, and it's also more of something that... I think will work very well for the system. I played the I, or I played the demo of the Xbox 360 version, which I mean it seemed the, the demo was very limited. You could either play as Sonic or Banjo and Kazooie, who are exclusive to the 360 version, and race on one track. But it basically seems to be Mario Kart with Sega characters, which Excellent. I can get behind. That's that. cool. I'll take that. Yeah. And we also have uh, last week Ace Attorney Investigations Miles Edgeworth came out, which uh, I talked about last show. But that is now out in stores if you want to go buy it. I gave it an eight and a half. And I, I really enjoyed it. 
and also Ragnarok DS, which is I think based MMO. off of yeah, it's a it's like a Korean MMO, but now it's on DS. Uh, I know it's published by Xseed. I other than that, I don't really know too much about it. It doesn't really interest me at all. No. And the last game, it's interesting that's on DS though. Like you don't see a whole lot of MMOs on DS. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I, I think uh, I think if you're into that thing, I think it's it's really cool. But I'm just not. Yeah, I'm so. not either. Isn't Final and Fantasy also, Zero or not Final Fantasy? Uh, what's Fantasy it called? Star Zero. Yeah, Fantasy Star Zero. Yeah, MMO? Fantasy Star Zero. Yeah, I think so. I've also heard, I've heard that's very good. Yeah, me too. Not interested in it. I've heard it's very good. And the last game that came out recently is Crime Scene, which is out on DS. It's published by South Peak. I know from what I've heard about that, I think it came out this week. I know uh, I was listening to the Joystick podcast, and they mentioned it, and about how terrible it is. So, <laughs> Excellent. I guess it's like a CSI game, but without a license. Nice. So it's kind of like, so Crime Scene is to CSI video game as Personal Trainer Cooking is to America's Test Kitchen, except Ex- for the latter's good. There you go. And now moving on to the download stuff, we got on WeWare... Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney Justice for All, which is uh, published by or made by Capcom, and it's available for 1,000 Wii points. Capcom uh, is the, the greatest se- developer and publisher ever right now. Oh my god, yes. But uh, it's the second in the Ace Attorney, uh, the, the Phoenix Wright trilogy. Um, I mean, once again, it's a Game Boy Advance game being ported to WiiWare, so there's the limitations there. But still, if you want to catch up with the series, it's a great way to do it. And I mean, $10 is definitely a great price for these games. Yeah. And you'd be um, hard pressed we... to find find the original, even at like a GameStop. It's hard to find. Yeah, I think I think I got the original. I, I had to hunt it down, but I got it at a GameStop for like fifteen bucks a couple of years ago. Well, ten so bucks is cheaper. Borrowing the uh, the first one. Actually, I'm going to be borrowing it from uh, NWR staffer Grant Buell. He's going to he's going to ship it off to me so I can play through it. I'm actually kind of excited about awesome. it. Awesome. Nice. After I get it, I may end up getting the second one on WiiWare. Awesome. And then uh, Art of Balance, which is a shit-in game, is $8, and that is a game where uh, you're, you're balancing stuff. Does, has anyone heard anything about this? I watched the YouTube video. D- does it look good? Uh, it looks less than awful. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, <laughs> the graphics looked okay, but they're incredibly simple. It was like it was like a, a pan of – it was like a little – pan or tray of water sitting on a table zoomed in and you just have like a little scale on it and you stack different shapes on top of the scale and hope you don't tip it over fascinating uh, it, looked, it looked very much like uh, i can't think of an example but kind of like you're just stacking stuff on top of each other and hoping it doesn't fall over there's yeah, a million games cool. like this like on iphone and, and we wear and dsi yeah. where i think uh that that's eight dollars from shinan and uh the next game for WiiWare, which this is uh, two weeks ago, this was the, the WiiWare output, is Warmen Tactics. That's Warmen, one word, Tactics. It's from Calaris, and it's also $8, and it's set in the year 2013. There's civil unrest across the globe, and that's prompted world leaders to merge the police and military into a single force called the Department of Control. And, uh, this is, yeah, this is like a third-party, over-the-shoulder shooter. Yeah, really? I mean, it, it seems like it could be interesting. Yeah. I haven't really heard much about it. But uh, it was really I think... impressive. Like on the, I, I watched the YouTube video for this one too, and I was really surprised to see like the level of production value in this game. Although I have a feeling it probably doesn't. It play probably too plays well. like crap. It feels like it's a Gears of War ripoff on WiiWare, which yeah. I don't know those things should be going together. Maybe like well. Cop the Recruit. Oh, except <laughs> so, that's a GTA clone on oh, DS. Oh yeah. <laughs> 
And there was already a good GTA game on DS, so I don't yeah. know why you would make a GTA <laughs> clone on DS after Chinatown Wars. Uh, also, in WiiWare is Ghost Slayer from Givo or Givo Entertainment. It's 600 Wii points. This game and is basically it, uh, Wii Sports fencing uh, undead version. Yeah, basically right. you fight ghosts instead of uh, other me's. I'm sorry, you fight ghosts? Uses, it, and you can use <laughs> goats. Yes, it's goats. No, it's <laughs> Goat Slayer. <laughs> it's goats. Like, I watched the first six minutes of this on YouTube, actually. I was doing some research before this episode. Uh, they had, a, they had like, the first six minutes uh, straight through on YouTube, and, like, literally almost everything about this game is identical to Wii Sports sword fighting. Huh. I mean, it, it, it looks, it looks really aesthetic. good. It, it kind of came out of nowhere. I first heard of it, like, a week or two ago, and then it was, like, there was a trailer, and then, like, two days later, they're like, it's coming out in a week and a half. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. But uh, you can use it without Motion Plus, too, which I imagine wouldn't be that much fun. But with yeah, Motion Plus, it, it looks entertaining if you're really into uh, the Wii Sports, sword play, or Wii Sports Resort sword play. I'm considering getting it for 6 bucks. I have, a, I have yeah. a Motion Plus. Yeah, and it's only 6 plus. It. It's yeah. only 6 bucks, so that's that's pretty cool. That's a, that's a good price for it. Yeah. And the next game on the list is Mouse House from Big John Games, which is available for 600 Wii Points. And it looks to be a puzzle game. Uh, I was watching a YouTube video of it, and it kind of looks like uh, Adventures of Lolo, but with a mouse, which actually it seems pretty cool. I think it's based off a cell phone game. Yeah. Uh, I, I love Adventures of Lolo. That's a, that's a great game. Me I too. Bought, I bought both of those ones on uh, Virtual Console and played through them. Like Wait, the second mouse one's on Virtual is... Console now? Yes, it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sweet. <laughs> mouse House is anything like Radar Rat Race for the Commodore 64? I am in. <laughs> and if you've ever played that game before, give yourself a pat on the back. <laughs> I've heard of it. I've never played it before. Though. It's kind of it, it's kind of awful, but it was one of the very first video games I ever played. Nice, oh, that's sweet. And uh, the last game for WiiWare in the past two weeks is Family Go Kart Racing, which is another in the family series from Axis, in which you can be Billy, Sarah, Daddy, or Mommy, and this time you can race carts. And they're actually adding two new family members for this game: Auntie and Gramps. So there's now wow. six, six family members and six carts to take on 12 exciting tracks and drift your way to victory. Wow. With the Wii Remote Controller's Tilt Control, race against the clock and time attack to beat your personal records or take on the entire family in a full Grand Prix. I kicked your ass, Gramps. Really? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds uh, too good You can good go through the true. snowy slopes, go to the World Bazaar, or go, go, go for gold uh, on the Go, Go roller coaster. Jesus I'm so glad I didn't read this before because it's even funnier. Than <laughs> it now. This is one of those games where if you talk about it for more than 20 minutes, then you will accidentally <laughs> log on to eBay and sell your Wii. Yep. <laughs> you can unleash the bowling bomb and strike out the car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, well, oh, moving on, let's go to DSiWare. Oh, man. No, yeah. oh, that was a good time. Uh, on DSiWare. We had Spaceball Revolution, which is actually a WiiWare game that came out uh, a couple months ago. And this is, uh, uh it's, you solve puzzles in a futuristic environment. Yeah. You copy the figures that appear in the top screen using energy balls that make the boxes correctly change color. It's not an easy task, and different obstacles will be thrown into your path. So, uh, there's 15 different levels. I, I assume it's probably not as yeah. robust as the WiiWare version, which I don't remember hearing anything too bad about, so... Yeah, it's kind of like it looks kind of like uh, a little bit like Picross because you had to like make a shape by manipulating 
uh, spots in a grid. So I don't know. Well, not quite. Not, not quite as logic based. More more puzzle based. I was picturing like Marble Madness from the name Spaceball Revolution. But no, it's like whatever. it's like you have a grid and you have to shoot balls through spots in that grid. Well, that's a crappy name. Yeah, I tend to agree. Um, I, think Re- I think Revolution is putting it a little, <laughs> putting put it putting a putting it a little uh, overrated. And there's also Scrabble Classic from EA, which is 800 Wii points or Nintendo DSi points. I'm sorry, they're different things. See, this is actually kind of interesting to me, except for like, okay, I have Scrabble Classic basically on my iPhone, and it can interact with Facebook. Yeah, so that's the thing, is that single-player and multiplayer modes, which I, I think that might be, if it's not single-cart, then they're stupid. Yeah, no, no kidding. I, I don't know if it is or not, but... Like, it's perfect, because then you can play Scrabble with all of your friends who don't need to have a DSi. Yeah. yeah. Or, or, in my case, an iPhone. Like... It's a perfect idea. I don't understand why more more developers aren't doing this. And since EA mode made both versions of Scrabble for my you know for my phone and also for the DS, why aren't they bringing that functionality over? I'm I'm assuming they're not because I haven't seen anything in the press release about it. I don't have a DSI, so I don't know for sure. But yeah, but it's, not, an, it's no. a no brainer. I mean, come on, especially when you already have the Facebook integration built into the DS. Of uh-huh. course. So there's already like a precedent for this kind of thing. Ah, I can't even dumb, get to Facebook on the browser. Dumb move. Dumb move. But uh, next one on the list is Real Soccer 2010 from Gameloft. It's $8. Uh, Real Soccer 2009, I think, was one of the ones that was first released on the DSiWare. It's and kind of like uh, it used to be a retail release. Yeah, and I 08, believe... 08 was a retail re- was a, was a retail release. Yeah. yeah, yeah, 08 was. And it's basically it's a you know a soccer simulator. I've, I've heard it's pretty good if you're into that sort of thing. The graphics look pretty decent. Yeah. But, uh, and also, uh, just to go back to before, EA, uh, cut download play from the DSiWare version. Oh. oh. So you each need to pay for your copy of the game. All right, so yeah, don't get Scrabble Classic unless you want to be dumb. <laughs> and play the next on, game... Play it on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Prehistoric Man, uh, from Interplay is also available for 800 Nintendo DSi points. I almost bought this. It's, it's an arcade game from... Arcade game, and it was ported to the Super Nintendo... And it, it was on yeah, a lot I think, of things. I think this is based on the arcade version. I'll bet it is. I remember. I don't think it's supposed to be any good. It's kind of like I mean, I mean, with Rayman on DSiWare, I feel like going from Rayman to this is mm. like, I don't know, going from RC Pro Am to Rally King. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing about Prehistoric Man that made me not get it is, it was a coin-op, you know, so you die a lot. Yeah, and I don't know what the continue slash save system's like in this, so I just I didn't want to waste the eight dollars. Yeah, and it really it and honestly does not look very good anymore. Yeah, and there's also Spotto exclamation point. Now I got this game. Oh, you how, did? How is it? It's two dollars. I was tempted by it, but I've just been lazy, and no, I've it's only been playing really projectile on my DSi. It's somewhere. really fun. So so tell me about it. I know okay. Matt London wrote a review. He gave it a nine. He seemed to really enjoy it. Oh, I'd give it a nine for two dollars. Um, you, so you, you're in this, it, it's a puzzle game, and you're in this room, you're a little bird named Spado, and you have to throw bombs upward that you control the arc of the, of the throw. You throw bombs up, uh, and they, then they come down based on the angle, and you have to try and throw them into a ghost's mouth. And they're... So it's kind of like reverse beat them and eat them? A little bit. 
Oh God, Neil. <laughs> but there are different envir- <laughs> environmental objects floating around. You know, poltergeist. Flo- Jesus. <laughs> oh. Oh my God. Yeah, but beating the E doesn't cost you two dollars. It costs you your soul. <laughs> My soul has been lost long ago from that one night when I was younger, and I was just like, let's look at all the porn games. For- <laughs> oh, being in oh, being in my early my teenage God. years. Good Lord. So back to Spotto. Spotto. Uh, so as in uh, Beat Him and Eat Him, you... Uh, uh, no, but it, it, it is really... <laughs> but it is really fun, you... And, and as the puzzles... You know, at first it's just figuring out what the angle is to, to toss it in the ghost's mouth. And you only have so many bombs, but for every every time you stop laughing, every time you destroy a ghost, you get that bomb back. So eventually you have to start ricocheting bombs off walls and, and kind of doing zigzag things to get them in their mouths, but it's, it's really fun. And every time you clear a room of ghosts, he goes, Spato! <laughs> <laughs> and he's a bombardier. He is a bombardier. I Hell love yeah. it. It's really fun. Two dollars. It it it's a win-win. All right, and uh, going to the uh, the most recent week of DSiWare games, there's Aura Aura Climber, which is another two-dollar game from Nintendo that uh, apparently plays like some kind of ball that has a grapple that you can go around and uh, climb through the sky. It seems to be pretty cool. I know it uses buttons only. Uh, this is actually the one that I was thinking of picking up before Spotto, but I haven't yet. But uh, it, it, it seems to be pretty neat. Spato! I, I might have to get that now. And uh, going down the list, Flight Control uh, that came out Hell on yeah. came out on DSiWare. It's on iPhone for a dollar, and on DSiWare it is available for five times that price. <laughs> to me, like, to me, this is a perfect illustration of like the difference in business strategies between iPhone and DS. Like, yeah. This is where the breakdown occurs. When you start getting the exact same game on one platform and on the other platform, and even if they're both downloads, like there's no reason for it. But there's a precedent on one, and there's not a precedent on the other yeah. Yeah. for dollar for dollar games. And basically, is- in flight control, for people that aren't familiar with it, uh, there's like like there will on the touch screen, or in this case, the you know the actual screen for the I- iPhone. You have a bunch of planes flying in, and you have to lead them down different runways, and you have to like basically draw their paths. And it seems perfect for the DS. Yeah. And I've I've tempted to get it mainly because I don't have an iPhone, but it's still I can't wrap my head around the it's five times as much. And all there is is there is the addition of a snowy level and multiplayer. Wow. Which I think is on one one console, which seems kind of cool. I mean, it's a, it's a great game. It's super addictive. There's a reason why it's basically put firemen on the map. Um, but yeah, like to me, this is a perfect illustration of where there's some, something's got to give w- one platform sells the same game as the other platform, but the price is five times as much. And this yeah. is the kind of thing that's illustrated time and time again with like EA sports, putting out like Madden on one for $10 and releasing a full version of Madden on the other for 30. Um, yep. and no, it's, it's the handheld market's in a in a bit of in a bit of flux right now, and I, I I'm kind of curious case, to see not, where it goes. Or in this case, not putting Madden on DS at all. Well, yeah, but you you get my drift though. Like, yeah, there right now the average price for a, for a video game on one platform is like three to four times what it is on the other. Yep. And some some things got to give because both platforms are doing extremely well, and they're getting more and more similar every generation that goes by. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens in the future. And anyway, uh, good game. Let's just, good game. 
Let's knock out uh, Face Ease, which is a photo game for 200 Nintendo DSi points. Tell uh, me, that's doesn't, all... doesn't the DSi already have an application? Yeah, but you can dress them up and animate like them or anything. Let's not talk about this. We're already running really long. <laughs> okay. Uh, if you want to take pictures and decorate them, get Face Ease. Yay. If not, uh, you can always try out Flipper, which was made by one dude. This looks pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Um, it was made by one guy, and it's for 500 Nintendo DSi points, and Basically, there's these beautiful pixel art backdrops. It uses, like, the, a voxel engine or something that this guy made all by himself. And it's kind of like you can rotate the camera all around. And you control this a little boy and solve these different puzzles by, like, uh, basically you can blow apart all parts of the terrain. It's like this little, like, square room that you can just rotate around. And you are looking for a goldfish named Flipper in all these different levels. I... From what I've heard, there's not that many levels in it, but it's still amazing that this was all made by one guy. Yeah. Just like yeah, Cave definitely. Story. Yep. Yeah. Although Cave Story at this point, when it comes out on WiiWare, will have been worked yeah. on by a few people. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And then, oh, I can't wait for that game. But let's finish up the week, the weekly downloads with the one virtual console game. There was no virtual console game this week. Sadness. But the one last week was Sonic & Knuckles from the Sega Genesis. About which time. is available for eight, 800 points. And uh, it has a lock-on feature, so if you have Sonic the Hedgehog 2 or 3, download it off a virtual console, and uh, I guess, I, I don't know if it reads it's on the SD card or not, or if they both yeah, have I'm to be on the system. Yeah, I'm kind of curious about this. Like, and how does, like, the save state stuff work? Yeah. Like, does you, do you lose your save state if you boot up with uh, <laughs> and Sonic 2? Because that'd be interesting. But, uh... You, you can have the, the added content where you can play as Knuckles in Sonic 2 and Sonic 3, which that, that's, that's cool. pretty cool that they work that in. Yeah, that's very cool. And, yeah, that, that just about does it for everything else. So uh, we're going to take a little break, and then we are going to be talking about Blaster Master Overdrive in this jam-packed special Nintendo Media Summit edition of NWR Newscast. It's special, damn it. XL. XL. <laughs> it's 93% bigger. Blaster Master Game Club discussion. Uh, so first, let's go around and talk about how far we've gotten in the game since last time, or in Zach's case, uh, since he wasn't really there that much for the discussion there, uh, just how far you are in the game. I know, Andy, you haven't played it that much since last newscast, because you've, you've been busy getting frustrated and shearing the Wanderer. Yeah, I, you know, I... Probably only put about another half an hour into this game, maybe maybe forty minutes max. So so where are you in area three? No, I'm not even in area three. Oh, okay. I'm, area, I'm still in area two. Um, All right. Sadly, I I can't contribute too much to the later discussions of this game, but but I you know I I still I still enjoy it. Um, yeah. But yeah, not too much really. And I think much, Z Zach really. and I are at the same spot. We both finished area four. We just beat the uh, the boss there. Oh, yeah. We we both got kind of sick of the game, which I think that that should be our first topic. Because I think last time we were talking about this, we were very optimistic about the game, and I think over the past two weeks, as I've played it a little bit more and just kind of sat on it more, I I 
really, this game just pisses me off. The more I play it, the more I dislike it. Yeah, like, it's, I, I think that it's really good ideas, and it's, I, like, I love the original Blaster Master, and I just, it's not that this, like, sullies the name or anything, it's just not as good as the original. I mean, the only thing that this has over the original is that there are save points, period. But they don't even really solve that, because these save points are so far apart that it becomes a nuisance. But I will admit that once you get past a little, once you get a little bit in the game, then the save points don't really become that much of a problem. I just think it's, it's, it starts you off with too little health, so it makes that first segment very frustrating. Whereas, like, in something like, well, except for the original Metroid, and the other Metroid games, they, I feel like they make the opening sequences where you can't, don't have access to a save point relatively easy. Much more doable. Yeah. yeah. And then they give you access to a save point, and then they, you know, make it a little more difficult. Well, you know, you you talk about the save points, and, you know, for that fourth boss, you save like ten minutes before you freaking get to him. Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, I know there was one boss where, I think it's the the third area boss. The second scorpion? Yes, yes, the second fucking scorpion. I know they repeated bosses. Yes, and he's harder. Yeah. God damn it. I mean, although at that point I kind of knew what to do, it was just, you know, it was more challenging. It's just that I, I kind of figured out the game a little more. But, I, and I know uh, someone pointed out in the forums that they repeated bosses in the original, too. That's not an which, excuse. Yeah, it's still that's not an excuse. And I feel like a lot of these things were like, well, that's how it was in the original. Like, the save points were, like, you know, the continue system was frustrating the original, so let's continue that there. Yeah. You know, they repeated bosses, let's continue that there. It just feels like slavishly it's like they referencing couldn't de- the original game. They couldn't decide whether to make it retro a- or make it an update. And yeah, so it's yeah. kind of stuck in this medium where, like, in Mega Man 9 you can save your game, but it's otherwise yeah. basically a Mega Man game. Uh, in this game... Yeah, you can save, but the save system, in my opinion, is kind of broken. Also, yeah, I, I also, I keep pressing two on the menu screens. Every time yeah, I open uh, a menu, yes. I just—I mean, I think that's a, that's a minor quibble, but it's an obnoxious one. That like, okay, if you're gonna fucking put this game through any kind of playtesting, you know that two advances things. Yeah. It's like, I mean, that would always annoy me. I know. I think it was in PlayStation or something. I forget. It's been so long, but I, I think in some PlayStation games, like in some X would be to confirm, and in others X would be to cancel. Yeah, yeah. And that would just confuse me. And I feel like you just like you need to look at what other people are doing and be like, all right, we got to make two the uh, the confirm button. It's like the game is really well made, but they didn't put a lot of thought into some really critical things. Yeah, and I think that the controller, like uh, I know Vic I. Yeah, Vic Ireland, the guy who's formerly of Working Designs and basically is now like the face of Sunsoft right now, is yeah. his his company Gaijin Works is working closely with them. Um, he talked about how they might be releasing a classic controller patch to this game, an update that you can use classic controller, which would probably make a lot of my frustrations with the game kind of, I guess, stay down a little the bit. I mean, I still have a lot of problems with the design maybe, of yeah. but but the control the control is fucking terrible. Like, Why can't I shoot even diagonally down? Well, that, that's not what, what I so much mind. It's the idea that you have to hold B to strafe. Yeah, and, that's yeah, when you're in these When you're in these dungeon seg- segments, uh, at least the button layout, they use every button, which, you know, that, yeah. that's nice and everything. And what it is is that I think the one button shoots and the two button deploys your bomb. Right. Do you want to know how often you use that fucking bomb? You, you can only have one at a time. Why isn't that on bait? Why can't I, why can't I hold, why can't I just, you know, kind of yeah, like put a thumb exactly. over two? 
and tap one to, and like and like roll yeah. uh, roll over on one or something like that. I don't know. Well, I think on Player One podcast they they were saying that the reason that is is because uh, they were concerned that accidentally tapping that two button would set off your bomb, or a or, or oh, accidentally B, hitting B. B. Yeah, B. Well, you know what? I I've accidentally hit the two button before, being like, oh, what does this do? Yeah, oh, that's shit. true. Yeah, <laughs> I did why too. Why don't they take advantage of the Wii's the Wii's unique features and like shake the remote? For yeah, the yeah, yeah. Like that would even work because it's not like you're using that bomb all the time. I mean. You Use kind of randomly come across them. Yeah, that's really the only time I've used the bomb besides accidentally and sometimes getting those annoying turret things dead. Like, and they could even make you have to shake it for, like, more than just one quick shake. You know, make you shake it, like, two or three times in quick succession so you don't yeah. do it by accident. Like, I think like, there, 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 are, there, are, ways there are ways to work it. around it, and I feel they're just like, well, we made this control scheme. Let's stick with it. Like, Jesus, yeah, those the problem turrets, to me too. Isn't even, the problem to me isn't even, like, the B button. Like, that's part of the problem, but the real problem is... Why can't they just do classic? Like we don't, we shouldn't have to make an elaborate control scheme for them. Enable classic controller support. Yeah, such from a, the get go. Such an obvious solution. Yeah. Were they not Hell, aware I mean, of really... the classic controller? You know. Even we, even we remote and nunchuck would be better than this. Get yeah. more buttons. Yeah. An analog stick would work a lot better in the caves. Yeah, I think so too. <sighs> yeah, maybe not so much with, with with the tank, I guess. But there's, yeah, it just seems like really short sighted, like. The, so much of the game has a lot of polish that, like, with the parts that don't have polish really stick out. Yeah. Definitely. I I do, though, you know, I will praise the character design. Uh, the, yeah. The enemies look great. Um, animation is good. Animation is good. So often the enemies are hitting you because the screen scrolls too far to the right. Yeah. Um, this is true. Uh, but I really like just the character design. I like the boss design. I think the bosses can be a little cheap sometimes, yeah. but that's all right. Yeah, know? no, like I, I, I like the art style for it. I don't think it's like the best thing ever, but I think it fits for the game. The music's pretty good too. Although yeah. it, it cycles pretty quickly. I kind of feel like the the user interface that's not part of the game itself, like the menu screens. Yeah, uh, even even aside from the whole one two button switch around, like it just kind of feels like everything. Everything outside of the game itself feels incredibly, like, rushed. Like, there's no animation on the menu screens. I don't think there's even any music on the menu screens. No, there's not. Um, well, there is at the title screen. Is is there? Okay. Like, I don't know. Like, you have to, you have to confirm a lot. Uh, it, it, it just kind of feels like like they threw that together in the very the very last minute. I don't know. Yeah. Like, so that, it goes back to, like, the parts of the game that aren't polished really, really stand out to me. Because some parts of the game are incredibly polished. Like, I really kind of feel like, you know, maybe instead of announcing this game one day and then releasing it two days later, maybe announce this game one day and, and release it a month and a half later. Yeah, yeah. fucking, like, playtest it more and figure out, like, oh, wait, people aren't crabs. They, can, they can't hold <laughs> comfortably while strafing around. Because strafing yeah. is integral, especially in those boss fights. Yeah. And when I, I was really frustrated on that first boss. And, I mean, really, it happens in every boss fight. And then I'm like, hold on. My, my left hand will be in pain by the end of the boss fight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I wish the, I do wish the uh, areas would differ a little more aside from color scheme. Sure. You know, I guess that's a minor complaint. I guess it seems like the game's trying to be a little super Metroid-y, but it, it falls very short of that high, well, I feel like, I mean, goal. I have a... I really haven't played that much of the original, like hardly any at all, to be honest. But I kind of feel like maybe that's going back to what you said earlier, Zach, about how the game 
tries to be too close to the original when it doesn't really need to be. But also doesn't also doesn't try hard enough. Like it's somewhere in the middle, like between between true, you know, staying true to the original and, and reinventing itself. Yeah. Why can't there just be more environments? Why does the whole game have to take place in the cave? Yeah. Yeah. Why can't you why can't you go to other places just outside of, you know, a giant cavern? Yeah. Probably because the original game was all in a giant cavern, I'm guessing, right? Yeah, I think it was. It was all, certainly so, underground. Yeah. And it's just another in instance of they put the entire thing in a cavern with pallet swapped areas because that's what the original game did. And apparently, really I mean, because Zach and I haven't gotten to Area 5, but apparently that kind of varies it up a lot, but I still feel like every other area is the exact same. Gotcha. Like, there's not a lot of variation yeah. to it. And I know that's a, a former staff member, uh, David Trammell, right? Yeah, 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 yeah Rise yeah, in the forums. Yeah, Rise in the forums. He he basically said that, and then, like, um, let's get to the forum code here, and he said, I guess it's worth $10, but, man, I would have gladly paid $40 for a real Blaster Master sequel on the DS or something. Yeah. And he, he has a pretty lengthy post in the forums about his thoughts on the game, and that's the thing is that, like, I he kind of enjoyed it. It's just that, like, you know, there are a lot of problems with it, and that's, that's where I'm at, too, is that I think there's a lot of problems with it. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's still, it's nice to see games like this on on the service. Like I, I don't want to harp on it too much because it's it's a Wii exclusive title. It's it's still it's still pretty good. Um, but God, yeah, it's just it, it's falls just short of being something really special. I think. Yeah, definitely. Like like we've been saying, it. I think it needed a little more time in the oven. Well, uh, I think Golden Phoenix tends to uh, fall more towards where we were at last episode. Yeah. She says she just beat the second boss, and she's really enjoying the game, too. Um, for a game that came out of nowhere, it feels pretty polished, and more importantly, it is fun. Capital F-U-N. That first boss took me two tries. The tedious pattern wears you out after a bit, but I finally beat him. The second boss battle went by so fast, though. Yeah, the second boss so, battle is pretty easy. It's like the Molas in, in Zelda. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, after we second played... Second boss battle is really cool, though. I love, that was it one is, of yeah. my favorite bo boss battles. After, after the last episode, like, I didn't play this game till like, really just a few days ago. Like, I didn't touch this game for, like, almost a week and a half. And I just didn't want to go back to it. Like, I had read the, the negative parts in the forum, and I just didn't really want to go back to it. But when I did, I, I, I still enjoy it. Like, I, I think I, 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 let, I let myself get a little too psyched out. When, when I went back, I, I did get a kick out of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, let's say uh, Brood Wars had this to say. I had the same issue with the second boss where he was flashing when I was shooting him with two of the guns but didn't actually take damage until I hit him with the grenade launcher. What can I say? Sunsoft got lazy with this game. It's not like this is the only instance where they were. I, I mean, I think he hits it on the money in that Sunsoft did seem to, you know, it's like they kind of like made three quarters of a game and then we're like, well, oh, we're done. Yeah. Maybe they ran out of funding or something. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they just wanted to get something with their name on it out there on uh, on, on WiiWare. Yeah. Well, I, I, I probably will beat it, but uh, I'm not itching yeah, to get I'm, back I'm kind of, to I'm, it. I'm, I'm, more, I'm, I'm sour on it at this point. Yeah, I kind of am too, but I'll probably at least try to get a little bit further, at least through the, the third and fourth areas. Yeah. At, and, least, uh, at, least, uh, at least Mega Man 10 is coming out soon. Yeah. And uh, do you guys uh, any any final thoughts on this? Not really. Meh. Uh, I'm pretty much done thinking about it, to be honest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, uh, our next game club game, which uh, comes out next week, actually, so we'll have a week and a half to play. It'll be a one-off. It will be Mega Man 10. 
which is coming out on WeWare on March 1st. Yep. Uh, I guess we'll, we'll have a forum thread up for when it comes out, and then we'll, you know, take the discussion there, and we will talk about it on the next episode. So uh, stay tuned. And uh, um, So that just about does it for the show. Um, as usual, review us on iTunes. Uh, it's always good. You can you know, subscribe to us there, too. That's always fun. Um, other than that, uh, I don't really have anything else to say. You know, I want to say that I really appreciate the uh, feedback we get in the uh, comments. Right? We usually oh, get one too. or two really helpful comments every week, so appreciate yeah, it. Guys. Yeah, yeah. Once again, you know, correct us when we're wrong. Let us know how you would like the show to improve. Um, and play Mega Man 10 if you want to, and you can uh, hear us talk about it at the end of next week's show. Heck yeah. I'll chat at you the next, next time. The next bi-week? Yeah. Bi-weekly podcast, <laughs> yep. But yeah, we'll bye everybody. Time. Bye. 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 Bye